0: This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Bear Boat Alaska, a pure DIY hunting game with one of their 37-foot adventure yachts. You and five of your friends can hunt, fish, set crab pots, shrimp pots, and take DIY to the next level. Bear Boat Alaska is locally owned by a Ketchikan resident who lives here year-round. Call Larry at 907-617-4542 or go to bearboatalaska.com, that's B A R E. BoatAlaska.com, and tell Larry you heard about it on this podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. Successful buck from Rut happened. Yeah, it's good, uh, buddy Ryan. Uh, we met him at the dock. We took his boat out. Um, he dropped us off, nosed into this little peninsula and it's crazy how you think that if you're taking a boat to a spot you're going to be totally by yourself but everybody has that need to get off the road system here prince wales has an extensive road system so people drive 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 but even people there use their boats too Um, but you can just drive somewhere Catchcan doesn't have that so you get a lot of people in boats a surprising amount of number uh, a surprising number of boats out And you want to get to this little inlet or this little cove and there's someone there, maybe there's someone else there. So it's kind of a I wouldn't say really stressful because you're getting away from the road system, but still it was nice when we nosed in and got off the boat and started walking, like we really felt the really felt like we had that all to ourselves, which is nice. It was a nice little network of of musk eggs and about a mile and a half, two-mile circuit we could have done, and that was awesome. But as Ryan was leaving, we saw a couple other boats going by, and i like, oh, man.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think yesterday was a beautiful day, and um, last weekend it was pretty crappy. I don't know how many people got out in boats to hunt, so I think everyone was kind of itching to get out yesterday, and... Um, Definitely sounded like any anywhere with a decent anchorage. There was a boat anchored up, and probably some some hunters out on shore. Um, I think it's just that time of year when um, you can go out and just get to shore and start calling and, and get get lucky, essentially. Um,
0: so you've. This is your second rut. Yep. Obviously they're, they're kind of too different to really compare, but as far as kind of your day plan, when you were, um, elk hunting down in Wyoming, you know, there's going to be people. And when we were driving around a little bit, you were saying that people will, will come up the weekend before put their, their fifth wheel kind of park and claim a spot and then come back for the opener. Um, is it a lot more relaxed here than it is down there, or is it shockingly not relaxed just because you expect things to be totally open and then there's a whole bunch of boats that are out there? And how does how does it feel?
2: Um, I mean, I think down in Wyoming, I intentionally hunted areas and seasons. So the archery season is um, the only time, or the time you get to hunt elk in the rut that are not as popular um and the areas I was hunting were not as popular because um I mean you can't take ATVs in them so those were I mean hunting down south I look for areas that you can't um there's no ATV trails which tended to be not hit as hard um Versus up here, with just the amount of limited road, anything on the road system will be hammered. And then, anything that's easily accessible, I think it's pretty hammered. Um, And it's just, like, such a part of the lifestyle here, that it seems, at least, like everyone is hunting the rut and um
0: what's well, a great way to spend a day if it's sunny and the wind was picking up it was like five out of the north and then it was building to 10 15 and today's been like 25 sustained but just a beach hunt just get in your boat and just drive up and down the inlets and whatnot i mean that that's just fun in itself yeah you going you're getting the boat back out maybe set some crab or shrimp pots or something like that. And I mean, that's just, that's just fun in itself. You don't have as many daylight hours. So you probably couldn't do shrimp pots, but mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's fun. And that gets, that's get more people out there too. But,
2: and it makes it seem like there's tons of people out fun. and everywhere is getting hammered when the reality is that maybe anywhere within half a mile of the coastline is hammered.
0: But yeah. And that's the thing too is, road system stuff when you talk about getting hammered it's getting hammered probably daily yeah whereas the spot we went at some point probably someone was there Mm -hmm. but it hasn't been hit every single day the last three weeks yeah so that's that's huge and so when you're moving to like your plan b and that's it's such a different thing up here when you're hunting down south for mule deer and elk we went for elk we were at plan a for a couple days, then went to a plan B kind of a plan C and then back to plan A and then had encounters there. So it wasn't really the plan that was wrong or the location that was wrong. It was just that we had a difficult time locating elk because they'd gone quiet because it was a little bit later. So the problem was I, I should have come down two weeks earlier. Um, Same thing with mule deer. Actually no mule deer. We got it on the first day Mm -hmm. this last year, but up here we took our boat or took Ryan's boat. And we had our plan A, which was great. Little network of uh, musk eggs. And he went to plan D. Like it was just nothing. This cove, can't go to this cove, can't go here. There's another boat, another boat. And then he was able to make it happen there, which was awesome that he got a buck too. Um, But it's so much more difficult to go down your different plants. It's not as easy as just, okay, we're going to drive 10, Mm -hmm. 15 more miles down the road. It's... Yeah, same thing with flyouts when people do flyouts in like august like that is that's where you're at there's no yeah. there's no plan b um and that can be difficult for people. I got an email from a guy um Justin he's from uh, Pennsylvania he uh, sent me an email went to the mediocre dot com and sent an email and um was talking about uh, just the difficulty and just how different things are and yeah, everything is totally different. Nothing is, other than currency and language, nothing is the same probably between Pennsylvania and here. The mountains are more, much more extreme, and even though Prince of Wales is, I wouldn't say docile, but they have some easily accessible mountains comparatively. It would take some work. And if you're used to hiking mountains or you're used to growing up here, then it's not a big deal, but, you know, the Appalachians are, those are nice recreational yeah. hills.
2: I mean, even between Wyoming and here, like it's they're both physical hiking, hunting, you gotta be in shape, but um if you're used to hunting Wyoming, you're used to dry, windy, rugged in its own way, but here it's like muddy, you know, you have to anticipate that you are going to fall multiple times. You're going to be controlled sliding at times. Um, A lot of times it's like, okay, we got to just like suck it up and bust through this brush for a little bit and just be prepared to get hit in the face with tree branches and bushes and it sucks, but it's, it's just a different kind of, hard I guess. Yeah,
0: it's very very dense and that's growing up here moving through the woods since I was five or six or whenever I mean you just learn how to like what to expect and where to step in musk eggs, and what roots look like and just going up and down these hills and what to grab onto and what not so if you are new to it it's it takes a little bit to figure out that mm-hmm. and just being we would go down to the river and we'd just wade in. And even during the summer, the w- water is pretty cold. So you're just used to being wet, having wet feet, wet socks, getting rained on. That doesn't really, it sucks. I still don't like it, but I'm used to it. I think you're getting more used to it, even though it's.
2: Yeah, it's to awesome. me, it's, I mean, I don't mind being wet. I don't mind the rain, but the sideways rain, Yeah. hate it. When you're just getting whipped in the face with rain, I'm like, okay, um, I'll make you at the car.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's no fun. So gears is, is so important when you come up here, either Alpine or rut, and it's just it makes it a lot easier to kind of go through and and hunt your option A well, and mm-hmm. that was and then B could prepare for contingency so we had our coming back to our hunt we had our our plan a we were good to go on the beach and brought a separate separate dry bag that had some extra water in it and some extra warm clothes and some extra stuff for fire started because it's very difficult to to start fires here with everything being rained on all the time down south mm-hmm. it's easy to start a fire because it snows a little bit but that stuff is so yeah it's so dry
2: you're more worried about putting your fire out yeah
0: exactly yeah. so uh because we were you never know what's going to happen you add in the variables with the with the ocean so um, just had that extra bag there just in case um and running our plan a had that at the beach and just a little network of of musk eggs the transitions are so stinking loud as we we're making our way up to that first muskeg, it was just salal, and salal is just this noisy bush that can be knee high, it can be chest high, and it just sounds like you have a handful of chips and you're just crumbling them in your hand. Each step, it doesn't—it doesn't even—it doesn't even make sense how much noise there is, um, yeah. but you—you you try to step up like a deer would and put your foot directly down. Cause if you drag your feet or just kind of swing your feet forward, you're going to encounter so many more leaves and it's going to be that much louder. So you try to step like lift your foot up and then as high as you can and then set it down. So it's more like a deer not swinging through and just so much noise.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And so we kind of did a little bit of a, the program I like to run is calling, I, I should be more patient, but I've had some success just concentrating on being very, as quiet as possible, and walking slow. So a couple steps and just looking around. You you could be going through these muskegs, and it'd be nice if there was one standing out in the middle, but that doesn't happen a whole lot. A lot of times it's in the transitions.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, it's just a face that's looking at you. And so I've had success going going, going slow and as quiet as possible sitting for a little bit only five to ten minutes and only calling to small areas and people have talked about how they do that too where you're not trying to call something in from half mile away a quarter mile away you're just checking you're trying to get a head turn you're trying to get a, something to stand up from that area that you're in right there um, and I'm sure there are people listening right now like no every time you call you got to wait a half hour at least, 45 minutes for something to come in. And part of hunting is learning or like a lot of hunting is learning. And as I've only been hunting for about 10 years, you learn a lot of stuff and you learn sometimes that what you did the first time that was successful may have been luck. And so yeah. what becomes your program is just based in luck, but you don't know it was just luck. It was like a bad tactic, but or fool's gold, but it worked. And so you run that program over and over and over again. So because that's the only program you run, you end up being successful, so you don't really change. And I think that's my, that might be where
1: I am at with mine. But yeah, I get some deer. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless starting at just 15 bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. For anyone who hates their phone bill, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. I was hesitant about having to get a new phone and a new phone number, but with Mint, you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone and your same phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Mint Mobile gives you the best rate whether you're buying for one or for a family, and at Mint, families start at two lines. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and to get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com/waypoint. That is mintmobile.com/waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash waypoint.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of different strategies that can work. Um, And I think different strategies work at different spots during even different parts of the rut. So um, it's not that maybe anyone's strategy is wrong, but it's just where... Where and when are you employing it?
0: Yeah. I do like the freedom of, like if I want to be quiet, I can be quiet. And I'm not just going to the edge of this muskeg and hoping something within a mile distance comes in because I'm sitting right here. And this is where I'm posting up. So I do like the control of being able to move, cover some more ground, especially in this area that hadn't been hit a whole lot you know, so
1: mm-hmm.
0: low call, quiet call in a couple little spots and then cover ground. And the loop that I made was a little bit bigger than the loop that you made, but it was only about a mile and a half from shore to where I shot it to back. So, but there was some great eggs, great transition, just great habitat. There were rubs, tracks. Um, it wasn't overwhelming.
2: Yeah.
0: There was, I would have liked to see in some more tracks, but there was definitely something around and. Um, I ended up, I moved past this and this will happen sometimes. One of the best defense mechanisms a deer has is just to be still. So sometimes they'll be partly covered by, or you can't see them because they're in the, in the transition or behind some, um, cedar or, or spruce. And in those musk eggs, they're like, six feet tall and so it's just real real bushy right there it's not like timber and so as you walk a couple steps and you're looking around make sure you look behind you too because sometimes their defense mechanism is be still you pass and then they continue on their way and so i I had stopped i turned around was just getting a, a full 360 and i just saw a face staring at me and it was behind a little cedar I didn't have a shot, and so uh, I just kind of watched it, and it went behind another tree, and then it was just this tiny brushy knoll, and it was totally um, obscured, and I just kind of saw the antlers moving a little bit, and so I got to a spot where when he popped out into the muskeg, it would be a better shot, and he popped out of that transition into the muskeg, and um, first shot I took, I don't know where it went. I was just standing and my, my two seventies, the scope on my two seventies fogged up, which is sad. So I'm using my 30 out six, which I just found out yesterday morning or no Friday night that my yeah. uh, scope was fogged. So I got out the old six, which I haven't used in a year and a half, haven't shot in a year and a half, but there's no real reason why it would be off by very much. Yeah. and your shots in the rut muskeg here you're looking at you know 50 60 70 yards maybe up to a 100 yards tops if but usually the muskegs there's too many obstructions in the way you can't see through that so um yeah it was a little bit off but i uh, put a good shot on it dropped it and and uh then took care of it which was which is awesome but you know was it i had called about 10 minutes before and i was slowly moving so did that call get it up? Did it get it moving? Was it kind of working its way toward the call, or was it just moving? Like, who knows? Um, but I do feel like I ran the program well. I was as quiet as I could be. I was looking around, very attentive. I stopped three or four different times, um, averaging, like I think, maybe a half a mile an hour. So mm-hmm. real slow, real deliberate. So I think if it isn't the perfect program for calling where you sit and you wait for 45 minutes, which is always very difficult for me because how do you choose which musk egg? Is it this one? Is it this one? We could, you know, maybe the other one. Um, I think that tactic works, works pretty good for me for my impatient. Then you could run into trouble if you are impatient and loud.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think being quiet is key. And I, I think even when you sit and call for a while, a lot of times it's hard to find a good vantage point where you can really see stuff coming in, and so I think, I don't know, it's it's definitely a bit of a gamble to be up and moving, but I do wonder if, um, I mean, everyone likes to tell the stories of like, oh, I blew the call and the deer ran me over, you're like, okay, sure. But I do wonder, um, you know, how many kind of just curious deer kind of just make their way in, check it out, don't really see anything. And then they walk off, and meanwhile I'm sitting there, and I don't have a good vantage point, and I don't even see mm-hmm. them come in. Um, yeah.
0: as uh, I don't know who it was a couple of years ago, it was talking about how you might think that there is no buck with the doe, but there very male. there may have been one. It just hung up or was just a little bit further away, so you saw the doe, but you know, 15 yards behind it, mostly obscured, was the buck, and it stopped because the doe did. So, uh, I, th- I think that has been an important thing to learn too. So it's not a matter of there is no deer here or there is doe but no buck. There may have been a buck. It just didn't respond. There may have been a doe that didn't respond. There may have been a buck with the doe. The doe responded. The buck came too, but just hung up in the in the woods. so I think being open to all variables I think has really helped me hunting just thinking that and assuming that, and it helps me with confidence uh with calling um especially in like areas i don't I don't like calling. I kind of like just being quiet because it seems like they get hammered but um yeah a lot of different things can happen just because you blow the call doesn't mean a deer has to come in just because it's a doe doesn't mean there has to be a buck but if you don't see one doesn't mean there isn't there's a lot of stuff to
2: well and and just because you blow that call there may be deer coming in but it doesn't mean they're going to run you over that they're not also being cautious and and so you know you're you gotta be kind of up where you can. I mean, very rarely in southeast Alaska, unless you're above tree line, do you have more than what, like 50 to 100 yeah. feet of kind of of a sight line. So I think that slow movement, um, this may be a good strategy to just kind of change up your angles a bit and see yeah. if you can catch that movement. And
0: Yeah, that buck that I, or that doe that I called in last week, it came from, it was, this was stupid, my setup was, okay, I got here, I got a little lane off to the left, I got a little lane in front of me, a little rain, like just off to the right a little bit. But then it came from like a hard right. And I heard it first, just make it through the Sal and I thought, oh man. And I could see it but I, I didn't have a good view and I just saw from like it's eyes down. And so it had totally hung up just staring right at me, turned its head for a second. So I moved and it picked up my movement and I saw that it was a doe, but it had it been a buck. I wouldn't have had a shot
1: hmm.
0: and it was maybe 20 yards. And I thought, Oh man, that would have been real frustrating because I had my bow. I've would have been real sad, but you know, picking your spot is so big with rifle too. You might have an awesome lane, but it might not come in a way that's going to walk all the way into that lane. Yeah. So you can just kind of go like up and down the muskeg, driving yourself crazy, trying to find the spot that has the best vantage. And then if you do call, then maybe they pick up your motion. Maybe it was coming in, it was responding, and then you moved and then it stopped. So um, it's not to make you know second guess yourself and get paranoid but there's just a lot of stuff that kind of goes into that and um yeah it's hard to kill deer yeah and the 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 landscape up here and the terrain it's it's very conducive to hiding deer fortunately we have a good population of deer so you can Mm -hmm. still make it happen but you know it's not like in those youtube videos and those other you know films when people come up here and you know, they're up here and they shoot nice bucks or whatever. I mean, that sort of stuff happens for sure, but you know, it's, it's still hunting. Alaska Mm -hmm. is Alaska, but it's still hunting.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Especially. Well, I don't know. I guess I haven't really looked that much at video of Alaska hunting, but sure seems like there's a lot more alpine deer hunting that gets filmed than rut hunting and i think it's i mean because when you're hunting the rut and you're trying to film it now not only do you have to worry about angles for the shooter but also for the camera guy that's that's some really difficult footage to capture um
0: yeah you have two or three people you're making a ton of noise so unless you're going uh, to like some remote areas where they're not used to it. I mean that that's a real tough if you go further north though, you don't get as much of that sal. That's
2: true. So I can't
0: imagine how much better that would be to be out of the sal range, but um Oh man, that's yeah, I saw one yeah. video
2: That's why I'm gonna go to Kodiak.
0: That's why I'm gonna go to Kodiak. Yeah, I mean you have to deal with that horrible brush that you can just disappear into and in, in deer can too. But uh yeah, it's just different, you know. People want to come up here. People want to go Kodiak. That's a real popular thing, and I think people have that that program pretty figured out.
1: Mm-hmm. Flying
0: to Kodiak, you know, fly out from there. There's a lot of advertised. You can find stuff, and there's stuff about uh, Prince of Wales and how to do that stuff, and catch can Sitka Wrangle all those areas too. Juno. Um, the video I was watching was like some yacht hunting yacht.
2: Oh, that's cool.
0: And they went out. That'd be fun. Be something. I don't know. I mean,
2: I think it'd be fun just to, I mean, I don't know about driving the actual yacht wouldn't be fun, but taking a boat around the oh, islands yeah, yeah, yeah. would be yeah.
0: fun. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I thought you were um, talking about like paying for that experience.
2: Oh, well, you know, I'm pretty stingy. Yeah. Well, what? if
0: you were going to say we would do that, then I would definitely hope that we could do my my horse, horse back into some canvas tent elk hunt, which I think would be pretty sweet.
2: Yeah, when you win the lottery. A walled canvas
0: tent. Which and you are a, not allowed a, to play. A, a camp chef that's making great food and you're... yeah. Rugged, but not really rugged. I'm thinking
2: like we get something on Larry, and then we blackmail him to give us the boat for a week. That's the boat. when yeah. my yacht dream happens. Yeah,
0: well, that's the thing. Like we don't, we've had some great opportunities, and you know we don't necessarily need that. He'd probably let us borrow it too.
2: That's true. He probably would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm we just too to, scared to drive don't it. need to blackmail him? Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah. And what we need to do is convince him yeah, to drive it, and then he a, can just yeah. he can just hang out at the boat and whatnot. Bridger
2: can cook.
0: Bridger can cook. Yeah. No, I think that's that's a that would be a lot of fun. It's just a bunch of of friends that have a boat. Yeah. Um, and doing that, yeah. you know, that deer camp type thing. It's it's fun when it's when it's a boat. We've done that with uh, Robin Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, just heading out and. We camp on the shore, and, and they camp in their boat, and crab pots, shrimp pots, and kayak around, and get the, the crab cooker, bring it to the beach, and just kind of hang out. Yeah. yeah, So much fun just being in a different spot, and um, it's such a different, and that's what I grew up with, a lot more of that sort of stuff than staying at campsites, where you have... And that was fun. I did a lot with like trout fishing in, in California, go up to Sims flat on the upper Sacramento river and, you know, get a spot next to the river and just hike down, get away from people. But, you know, that's, there's, there's fun at, at campsites and whatnot. And we've done some of that too, and nothing wrong with that at all. But when you just choose whatever piece of land that you want and you camp there and it's just, just a lot of fun. Well, we've got a couple more weeks of of rut season ends uh, in this unit at the end of the month, so hopefully we can get uh, get another deer down.
2: Yeah, and so. we got some ribs waiting for us We got some ribs here. waiting for us. Yeah, we'll see how Took those go. Took out the whole rack of ribs, so
0: yeah, we'll see. See how that uh, see how that tastes. Hopefully it's good. Got good seasoning on them. They've been in there for a while, so. We should check out the Uh If you happen to have questions too or anything like that, uh, shoot me an email. I appreciate Justin sending me that email. Uh, hopefully we filled in some gaps. Uh, I'll do a gear-specific type thing, and I've posted on YouTube uh, some of the specific gear-type stuff, so that would probably be a good place to find that. But uh, thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you next time.